in all of time, in all of history, man has never created one single living cell. Yet your body does that millions to billions of times a day. That's where I put my face. So I try to encourage people. I want them to know that, listen, that there's a doctor 24 seven on the clock making chemicals, making hormones, detoxing you. So yeah, compared to the smartest person you know or the greatest doctor you think, I'm just saying that level of intelligence is laughable compared to the wisdom that is in you right now, animating you so you can even hear me say this. If I can help you understand the magnificence of the body that God gave you, your fear of disease drops significantly. Your fear of a fever drops significantly because you realize that you're designed to heal. So I'm Dr. Ben Rawl. Welcome to Design to Heal. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Design to Heal. Today will be a unique episode um, for those of you that are long-term listeners. You know, we've done hundreds of shows on varieties of topics. But um, I was talking with my guests before we started today that this is probably an area that we haven't uh, we haven't gone into. And so I'm, I'm sensitive about the guests I bring on here because I always want to bring you just the, the best guests and ones that I think can we can talk through these difficult issues. Um, I talk about some very challenging topics in healthcare. I mean, I often am speaking out against stuff in, in the current typical healthcare model. So we're not afraid to go into to challenging topics. And those of you that have listened also know we're a faith-based podcast. And so we're unapologetic about our worldview and about who we serve and, and who is the great physician. And so that's part of what we do on this show. And there's multiple areas that affect our health. It's not always just, you know, cancer and heart disease and diabetes. And so we're going to talk about that. Today's just kind of a, a heads up. Um, this will be a topic that might be challenging for some of you. Um, and that's okay. We need to be able to do that. We need to talk about tough issues. This might be one that if you're listening to with your kiddos, um, might not might be something you want to listen to first, just because of, I don't know where you're on your journey with that. Um, so I'm just kind of a, a heads up there, but um, we're always uh, aware of this show when we want to be uh, appropriate for the people that are listening to that, but just kind of a heads up. So our guest today is Kim Zember. And Kim is the author of a book. I just finished her book, um, a beautiful book, and uh, one that I would really recommend that, that everybody read. It's called Restless Heart. And she shares her journey um, of same-sex attraction and her work in Ethiopia. It's like almost, it sounds weird. I'm talking about multiple different people here, but um, just her, her life, um, how she was raised, how she's journeyed, her faith in Christ, um, and all of the things that are so talked about nowadays. I was talking with Kim before we got on here about, I've got children. I've got a 16-year-old. I've got a 14-year-old. When I grew up, I didn't, I don't know if I knew anybody I'll say, I'm going to say gay. I didn't know if I know anybody that was gay when I grew up. I honestly, I was from South Dakota. I went to elementary school, high school. I literally don't know if I know, know anybody where my daughter most recently, when she was on a volleyball team, there's 12 players and a a quarter of them, 25% of them either identified as something else or, or were gay or said they were gay, that type of thing. And so it's like, how do we navigate these times? How do we, and, and so I brought Kim on here today and I, I warned her, I'm probably going to put my foot in my mouth many times and, and I give her full authority to, to have, you know, to, to correct me or help, help us understand this and see this better. So Kim, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being here. Um, where do you want to start? 
you want to tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> tell us your journey. I mean, I already probably messed it up, but correct what I think I said, but just let's, let's talk. Hey, yeah, you hey. gave me full removal for, uh, you know, foot removal here, full, <laughs> full authority actually for foot removal. So we're all good and do the yeah. same for me too, okay. please. You know, we go. um, we're all, we're all on a journey. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's important to say to Dr. Ben that, mm-hmm. um, in this, like I, <laughs> I never wanted to share my testimony. I never wanted to share which sounds horrible. Like I never wanted to share the goodness um, that God's done because I didn't want people to take it as me coming at them or, you know, um, shaming someone or condemning someone because I felt a lot of that when I was in the lifestyle, when I was dating okay. women. And um, so I just want to give that like a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. It was something that I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go talk about all the mm. crap I've done in my life. You know, like mm-hmm. it just, it wasn't, but the Lord really in, in ways that he only works um, just opened my own heart um, through actually a, it was an LGBTQ activist that, ended up, she asked me some questions and, um, ended up sharing and just a lot there. There's so much there, but yeah. So I just think laying that as the foundation of like, this is not to make anyone feel shame or condemnation. This is simply to share how God has moved and continues to move in my life. And, and I pray we all have stories of his goodness. And so, um, just to kind of neutralize the, the tone, um, I think is really important because sometimes we talk about topics and we forget that there's people involved. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to make sure that, that the listeners know that this is a heart to heart. This is me mm-hmm. kind of burying my heart and, and the realness that I've been through and, and maybe we can all grow from it. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where do we start? My gosh, <laughs> I just turned 40. So there's a lot of life behind me uh, and hopefully a, a lot ahead. Um, so when you say yeah. you're f- turned 40 and, and just so much that you've, so how old you are. And then when I'm 45, how am I supposed to take that? You see, you well, put your foot you in know, your mouth already. You now I you've didn't. offended me. No. Uh, making me. <laughs> well, hopefully we can all just be less offended, right? Yeah, there you go. That's funny. <laughs> but in that, amen, you got five more years of wisdom and knowledge yeah, right, on me. So right. come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll give a quick overview. Like you had said, you know, I, I did write a book. I mean, that was actually encouraged by a person that, um, was living in, in an LGBTQ identity and, um, you know, in the lifestyle dating a woman and I think engaged. I mean, she's like, you need to write a book. She's like, this, this is something's here, Kim. And I was like, dang, mm-hmm. um, she hated me before that, but then mm-hmm. came to, to that place at the end of our conversation. So, um, so many of the details of my testimony are in there. Yeah. Um, so that is a great, great place to go, not just to sell books, um, at all, all the proceeds go to my nonprofit in Ethiopia anyways, but and it's a great um, book listeners like, like, um, I mean, it's, it's a relatively quick read, you know, you can really, it's like, you just dive in and it goes, but it's um, like a diary. Yeah. And it's like it, but it's like, it, you don't, you don't like mess around. Like if, like, so just know, like, you're not going to read some like watered down, like, okay, Mm -hmm. so then you don't, you're not like that. People, listeners will hear that for me today. So it's a, it's a, it's impactful read, especially for people that you maybe know that are in this, in some of this struggle, or maybe you're just trying to learn how to understand this better, communicate and things like that. So yeah, go ahead. Amen. Yeah. So I'll just give a kind of brief overview and then I'll just let Mm -hmm. you kind of just whatever questions arise in your heart, let's ask them. Just know that you have every right to ask whatever. It's okay. Like open book, literally. So, um, yeah, grew up in a, in a very Christian home, um, third grade through eighth grade, private Catholic school. And a lot of people are like, Oh, there's the problem. (laughs) Like, okay, no, no, no. Hold on. Uh, it wasn't the problem. Shortest interview ever. We just figured it out. Yeah, there it is. So, um, but in that, like, it was a lot different for me. Like I had, I have two older brothers. So as the youngest girl or as the youngest and the only girl and um, 
yeah, just super close parents is tight, pretty tight knit family. Yeah. No abuse sexually, physically, emotionally that, that I was had any grid for or that my ha- family had any grid for. Um, but from a young age, from a young age, I remember being way more drawn to women than men. Um, you know, when I was little, it wasn't sexualized. Uh, it was just, I wanted to be around women more than I wanted around men. I, you know, and I think to a great degree, that's, that's quote unquote normal. Okay. Um, you know, it's for bonding and things like that. And I, I love the boys, but I liked playing kickball with them and whatnot. And mm. so for me, I just, I just, when I look back on my childhood, I'm like, wow, there was a, a huge draw towards women. And I, I wanted emotional connection with women. Uh, I was usually drawn to, to older women. Mm. Um, and so that was just, it was, it was weird. Nothing ever was, um, physically okay. done. Like I never actually, I just, I just knew that I was more drawn to women. I started to realize I was different. I, I thought that was normal until all my friends started to have crush, you know, crushing on boys mm. and, and whatnot. So, you know, middle school and I'm like, dang, I just mm. see them like brothers. And I didn't know if that was because mm. I, you know, had brothers. And so that's yeah. just kind of what I was used to. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I started realizing, no, 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 hold on. I actually don't feel like I really have the attractions that a lot of my friends have. Um, and that was where it kind of got real because let's be, let's be honest, anything before high school and, and questionable even in high school, but let's just draw it here that anything, any relationship before high school basically kind of doesn't count, Mm -hmm. right? Like nothing, the things we do don't count, but you know, very rare that you're going to marry the person you were with in middle school. And so for me, I was able to chalk it all off as like, it doesn't really matter. These relationships that everybody's like kind of having don't really have a long-term effect. But now when I got into high school, it was like, oh dang, like this is much more real. And these people actually are dating because they actually have cars and can hang out for real, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I just didn't have that desire. Um, you know, I could recognize men as good looking. I'm like, as a good looking dude, but I didn't want to like be with him. Um, so, and when I saw women, I could recognize beauty as well, but I had a draw to be with them. Um, I wanted to be close and intimacy and that's not just physical inti- or sexual intimacy, but even physical intimacy, just holding hands or, you know, laying near where I didn't feel that with guys. And so I didn't really know why. And so now kind of tapping back to being raised Catholic, I'm like, I know that homosexuality is, is wrong. It's a sin, like acting on it. I didn't, didn't feel sinful just having the desires. I knew the desires. I believe that the desires were not the way God created it, but I couldn't understand why I felt the way I felt without anything that I knew of in my life that would bring the, that, the result mm. of only be attracted, you know, only being attracted to women. So, um, it was just really a confusing place and I didn't want to talk about it. That was one of the, one of the worst decisions I made mm. was I kind of processed in isolation. Um, mostly because I was like, okay, I know that this is wrong. Um, the desire I have is not what God has for me. So I just need to not act on it. Right. Like, so I just kind of white knuckled it and then in my senior year, I'm like, my gosh, okay, my friends are getting pregnant. They're getting drunk. They're getting high. They're like, are you kidding me? All the stuff that I know I'm not supposed to do, everybody around me is doing it and I want to do it too. And the main thing I want to do is kiss my best friend and like, what's really the big deal. And man, I'm telling you, Dr. Ben, I made it, the, it was the first time I made like an actual decision to act on the desires I had my senior year. And I will say 
every moment from that moment changed. Um, something for me happened where, you know, you can, you can think or know you have a desire for something or someone, but when you act on it and you realize I really do like this, man, something came alive in me. Um, and I, I did start to see women differently. Um, I did start to think, okay, wow, it is more for me. I felt more at peace with a woman. I felt more safe. I felt more comfortable. I felt more me. I didn't feel like I had to be perfect to have them still like me or, you know, I had a lot of, I, I, looking back, I had a lot of kind of negative inner things about, about men, um, more to the place that I just, I never felt like I could trust them, you know? And so, you know, I'm, I'm realizing now through counseling and different things, um, a lot of, of things that were not addressed, um, in my beliefs about men that, that honestly could, could have been some of the things of why I went towards women, but we won't, we won't go there now. But so now fast forward, you know, I've, I've acted on it and now I went into this totally hidden life of being with women behind the scenes and, and just one woman at a time. I wanted a monogamous relationship. Um, I did not want just to sleep around or just hook up. Um, I desired companionship and I found women to be better companions than I did men. And, um, so I was really torn because still Catholic was like, wait a minute, now I'm acting on this. Like this is wrong. I knew it. I knew it. I don't care if somebody looked me in the face and said, it's not wrong. I promise. It was like, it was as if, you know, when you just know something to be true, Mm. it, it felt that true to me, but just knowing that it was true, didn't take it away. Mm. Um, and so that was really hard. And I would pray, I would pray. God, please, please, Jesus, take this away from me. I don't want this. I don't know why I'm attracted to women, but take it away. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Help me not to like this girl. You know, every prayer um, that I could, I prayed always towards him taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needs to do something about it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I lived a hidden life for years. And then it, um, you know, dated women behind the scenes while dating guys so that people wouldn't question why are you not, you know, dating um, men and da, da, da. And I ended up actually getting a counselor. So I went for a Christian counselor. I was on my own. Um, and I'm like, I need help. Like I need to figure this out because this double life thing ain't doing it. Like, I feel like I was adding insult to injury, you know? And, and so I ended up getting a counselor and, um, the low and short version of it was what I felt like I was told is you just need to embrace how God made you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I can do it. I could have went to anybody, mm. but I wanted a Christian counselor because I thought they would help me like, Hey, I'm sorry. That's got to be so hard. And God does have something better for you. And I want to walk through this and I want to, you know, and, and I just didn't feel like I got that. I felt like I was just getting kind of affirmed and celebrated. Mm. And I'm like, I could have done that on my own. Like you're not helping me at all. And so I, you know, he's like, it's because you're, you know, it's cheating on your boyfriends and you're sneaking around and you're not being honest. And, and to a degree, there was truth in that, of course. Um, but it was basically what I got from it was like, if you would just be you be gay, um, be with one woman, then, then you'll be fine. It's okay. It's the cheating, lying and and deceiving that is the problem. That's why you don't have peace. And so I ended up talking to a Catholic priest. I ended up talking to a, a Protestant pastor and I was getting the same message across the board, Dr. Ben. And I'm, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't, I honestly don't believe anything they're saying like in the core of me, but 
I'm going to try it because it's what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want that to be true. And so I tried to live that out. So I, a lot, a lot happened. I ended up starting in a nonprofit and in, in the, <laughs> I tried mm-hmm. to go to Africa and find my heart and all these things. And like I said, it's all in the book. Um, ended up getting married to a man <laughs> in the interim. Like, of course, is, obviously. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but all of this, like just trying, I, I tried running to another place. I tried running to help people. I tried running into a man's arms. That was such an amazing guy. Love him to this day. Um, and just tried everything, but surrender. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, none of it, none of it worked. I never had peace. I, I went through what felt like hell and back and it wasn't until October 17th, 2014, that I had a conversation with God that I had never had. See, I knew his rules. I knew his ways, the ways to go and the ways not to go. But what I didn't know was his heart. I didn't know the heartbeat behind every word that I had known. And that is scary. That can be really scary because now it's like a rule book instead of this book of radical love, right? And so on October 17, 2014, I decided to have a conversation and it was very real. And it went something like, God, I'm done. I am done being Lord of my own life. Everybody says, Lord Jesus, this, Lord Jesus, that. Well, guess what? I need you to show up today, right now, and show me that you're good at being God. Because I've, I've screwed up my life. I've screwed up the man that I, I genuinely love. Even if we weren't called to be married, I, I love him. And I've screwed up my, the girls I've been with, my family. I, I, I didn't even recognize myself. And um, even after being out and open and, and living in the lifestyle and, and no longer hiding and stealing and you know, not stealing, but uh, well, I probably stole stuff too, but <laughs> throw it all in there. But the cheating and stuff, it all stopped, but I still had no peace. And so by the grace of God, I just said, this is it. And please show up. Jesus, show me that you're better at being God than I am. And man, Dr. Ben, I got wrecked. Mm. That day, my friend brought me to a, uh, like a Protestant prayer meeting and I encountered Jesus in a way that I, now I had had small little encounters here and there. I don't want to discount that, but I had encountered him in a way that, that went like a it felt like my, a, a defibrillator, if that's even the right word, mm. got put on my heart and I like came to life. Mm. Something had happened. I was actually slain in the spirit. I don't know. Everybody's yeah, got different terms sure. for it in all the different camps, but I was just laying in the presence of God. Um, and a pastor had prophesied over me and all these things. Nobody had known me there, but the Lord was massively speaking. And my goodness, I got up from the ground hours later and I felt like, I was a different person. What I will say (laughs) is I wasn't a different person, but I felt that way. And I felt a new hunger. I felt a hunger for the word of God. I felt a hunger for just the presence of God. I had never just really picked up my Bible and wanted to read, you know, and like, but God was literally like beckoning my heart. Um, And I will say, though I wasn't fully, transformed on October 17, 2014, when he met me, he has showed his character and his nature and his goodness every single moment since that day that I asked him to, even in the midst of my unfaithfulness, even in the midst of, as the Bible says, returning to my throw up to see if it's good anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and all my waywardness, he has showed himself steadfast I have started to learn what unconditional radical love looks like. I I feel like the gospel came alive to me. It was no longer just words, but it was, 
it was the very breath of the one who loves me and, and breathed me into being. And so really like since that day, I feel like it's been a slow death for me, but a coming to life as well. It's, it's, and I know that's scripture, but I, like I experiential knowledge, not just knowledge of the words, you know, and it has been, it has been a radical journey. I made promises to God. I'm like, you mark my words, God, I'll never do this. I'll never share my testimony. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. But man, I just, I was like, this is going to be humiliating and it's going to make people feel like crap. And I I don't want to do that because I felt that when I was in the lifestyle from, from people, you know, kind of pushing scriptures on me and, but nobody ever just carried the heart of Jesus to me. I'm like, man, if this would have happened, I probably would have mm. been in a long time ago, except for one friend, the guy who brought me to the the Protestant prayer meeting. And, um, and so anyways, it has, it has been a journey. There's a lot more. I know that was even kind of lengthy, but yeah. just to maybe catch up if, if people haven't heard this, the testimony, um, of what God's done and is continuing to do. It's not a one and done. He's not a genie, mm. right? Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah there, well, there's a lot more there and I am still Catholic. People are shocked. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny that you would throw that in there. Um, <laughs> the, um, so, okay. Wow. Right. Um, and there's, there's so much that we can talk about. And I just have a lot of this is just almost a personal show for me. Like I, I want to ask you questions. I want to, I want to talk about stuff. Right. And so, um, one thing that you said in the book that I thought this was, was interesting, and I don't, you would probably be able to articulate this better, but you know, a lot of times people that I know, even patients that I take care of, or a lot of it actually is parents of patients I take care of, right? Mm. In this, in this season, there's so many, I hear different numbers, but I hear anybody, I any, mean, I've heard up to 20% of people are identifying now as something other than, mm-hmm. you know, they were born or something like that. And so I guess a lot of moms and dads that come in, they just, they don't know what to do and they want to help, but they don't want to, all the stuff you just talked about. Yeah. Um, and so one of the, I guess the, the, the questions that I'm just wanting to initially ask you. So you said this thing in your book, I think where you're like, you know, the promise was what is kind of sold to me is, is if I can just be me, it was going to lead to this, this piece, yeah. right? I, I'm going to mm-hmm. just, you know, cause, cause I think sometimes what happens to us, like, I don't, uh, even though I'm a very outspoken guy and I'm a pretty, I'm a fan of an aggressive, like I like ripping on the medical model. I'm just yelling and screaming about stuff. It's kind of what I do. So like, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind challenging. Right. But I'm not want to hurt people. Right. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to cause strife. I don't want to hurt people. I have strong convictions on what I believe to be true. And so I will share those things. Now, yeah. that being said, when it comes to some of these issues, I'm like, man, I, I mean, uh, people that I know that are in the lifestyle, people that I, that I love, some that I, that I grew up with a friend of mine. And of course, having took patients, 20 years in, the, in doing chiropractic, you know, you have all yeah. sorts of patients from different backgrounds. Um, so that being said, but you, you said like, so I might, you said I would do this and it kind of felt like good for a minute. Like, Oh, Momentary, yeah. yeah. Okay, man, I feel good. Or this is good. Or, or man, I, I really like this girl or I'm this boy, mm-hmm. even in that instance with your, with your ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but it was always fleeting. And I feel yes. like when I read your story, it just felt like almost like I was on this race with you, like, oh, wow, this one will be the solution. Yeah. This one will be the answer. Oh, this yeah. one's, this girl's really great. Oh, man, we, mm-hmm. this one was, oh, man, I can't even, I just want to get up and text her all night long. You know, you're very open right. about this. Mm-hmm. So, but it never, I want to say it never 
never works. So if there's somebody maybe listening to this, maybe they got there, maybe they're going through this right now themselves. May, and I'm sure yeah. you've had these conversations, even from maybe other people that are that have struggled with this area. Oh yeah. That they're like, you know, shut up. You don't know, you know, like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm doing yeah. fine. Like, so what do you how should we understand that as people? What's a perspective to have? What do you say to either people that are struggling or maybe parents that are struggling? That like, yeah. oh, I feel better now, mom, that I'm identifying as this or now, I'm, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm super blessed to be able to go. I, I share at universities mm-hmm. and different conferences and, you know, some Christian, Catholic, non-Catholic, non-Christian, yeah. you know, and, and so there's a lot of different people that I get to get to interact with. And, um, I remember one girl said, well, Kim, when I came out, and I finally stopped hiding. I, for the first time, encountered God. So how can you tell me that God's not happy with this? Because this is when I actually met him. When I And I said, see, I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. Because I had this like, woof, this weight lift. And I'm like, thank you, God. Mm. Like, I don't have to hide. I don't have to. But here's the thing. Just because we felt a weight lift doesn't mean that he approves or celebrates everything we're doing, right? Mm. There's a reality. He wants us to bring things into his light. Mm. He wants us to not hide and not look at the garden, right? Why did they hide? Because they Mm. felt ashamed. Why, Why are you hiding from me? Well, because we were naked and ashamed. See, so God doesn't want us hiding, He doesn't want us just burying things and and keeping things in and trying to just Mm. do what is good and right. But see, revealing it and being honest and vulnerable is what God wants. Does that mean that we're supposed to act on everything that we want, that we're Mm. going to be vulnerable and honest about? Absolutely not. If I said, hey, I'm just going to be real. I really want to punch this dude in the throat because he was just mean to my nephew. Now, amen, because I'm being honest, right? I'm being real. I'm not being like, oh, yeah. you know, I just love him so much because I'm a Christian. Right, right, no, right. I'm, I'm pissed and yeah. I want to punch him in the throat because he was just mean to this little kid. But see, and God celebrates that we're honest and vulnerable. But if I now punch him in the throat, mm. that doesn't mean God's celebrating it. He's mm. celebrating the realness, but that doesn't mean he celebrates the action. And, and I'm just drawn not to like try to fill this with all scripture, but God's word is the word, not mine, not yours, mm. but his. And so Jesus even says, be angry, but do not sin, Mm. right? And so we're supposed to say like, hey, this made me mad or, hey, I really have these attractions or Mm. even as a married man, not necessarily to the person you might be attracted to, the female that's not your wife, Mm. but being honest with your wife, wow, I'm having these attractions and and I don't know what to do. And you feel such freedom and, and even just getting that off your chest, Right. And so I think where we've maybe where we've allowed Satan to twist this is we've been honest and real. And we still feel almost like we've come to life or crawled mm. out of a tunnel. Yeah. But then we go and we live it out. See, I would celebrate, Dr. Ben, not the not the fact that you would have a desire for another woman, but I'd celebrate that you would be vulnerable and honest with somebody who can help you mm. and walk with you. Right. To not live that out. Where there's some people that say, oh, well, then you just need to do it. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. Uh, well, I did. I did that. Right. And and it caused great destruction to my own life and then to everybody in my wake, right, that, that, that was near me. So do you think, okay, so yeah, well, and I think this is, and this is where I think it gets, it gets, gets sideways pretty quick, right? So an, an analogy that comes to mind, and I think this is where, again, I said I'm going to probably 
say these things the wrong way. But, you know, so like think about a person that's they're on their deathbed and they confess to like, you know, some horrible thing. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or that's maybe extreme example, but maybe just somebody's been living something and and they finally tell their family or their spouse. Right. And and even in that instance, a lot of times you'll hear them say something like it felt like a weight was lifted. Right. Even though the thing they confessed to was a bad thing. Right. I I did this or I I had an uncle that was in the military in World War or uh, sorry, uh, Vietnam. And and he was a Marine and he was front lines. And so he had like he did things right. That He was asked to do and and it hurt his heart. And so, you know, it was big for him to share about those just because it didn't change what happened. But, you know, and so I think but so this gets to one of those questions that I think the couple that come to mind, which is um, so it starts with acknowledging that that is a sin. (laughs) Right. Mm, Because I think this is this is where it kind of gets sideways. Are you saying then. And I want to talk about this, right? So I'm in yeah. healthcare, right? I talk about gluttony. I talk about, yeah. right? Like, I mean, all like, Absolutely. there's other, there's, the and there's same. sexual sin that's, and we're not here to, I know you're not doing this at all. This isn't justifying. This isn't affirming. No. We're just talking through this. But so your belief, the, I shouldn't mm-hmm. even say your belief, that this is a sin. Um, and so then because of that, that's why we're bringing it to God. That's why you're, Correct. it's why you're bringing it to the light to be healed. Any you're not bringing it. With. Yeah. You're not bringing it there to be affirmed and coddled no. and say, Hey, it's okay. I don't care. Do your thing. You do you. No, I did that. And that didn't, yeah, yeah didn't, didn't, didn't work. And so there are some people that maybe are in that season where they think they did that and they have that mm-hmm. temporary, I feel good. This feels yeah, better. I did and they yeah. confuse that with with, with that, right. Or they finally act out on that, whatever that means. Right. And this could be everything from, like you said, uh, any sin Do you. Okay. So then I guess a question would be, do you feel like you were born this way? <laughs> so I get asked that yeah, a I'm sure. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so like, as I said in the beginning, when I kind of just breezed over as quickly as possible, my, my life, um, I remember since I was young having attractions to women So, but here's my thing. I also remember, so I have two brothers. I love them both dearly, but we all got our struggles. I remember my older brother kind of being a little bit of a a butthole (laughs) Um, and my other brother being super carefree. So since I can remember, right? So just because my brother's inclination was to be an a-hole, should he now embrace that and just say, hey, I was born an a-hole, right? Like, I'm sorry, I came out of the womb a little more grumpy than you did, you know? Um, I I think any of us would be like, well, maybe you should just, you know, work on that, like, you know, or or ask for help with that and what's going on. And so for me, I don't, I don't care what it is that I struggle with since birth. Mm. It says that we were born into a sinful nature. None of us came out perfect. And, And if any of us, think that we came out perfect. We got bigger problems than that. <laughs> right. We, I mean, let's be real. We got bigger problems. If we think we were born just absolutely perfect, then, then I don't know that we fully understand ourselves or God, right? We wouldn't need a savior. And, and maybe that's why a lot of people reject Jesus. Cause they're like, I don't need to be saved from anything. Mm. Well, I'm so grateful that the Lord woke me up that I need to be saved from a lot of things, Mm. a lot of things. And it wasn't just homosexuality. I needed to be saved from, I could write a whole other book on that. And a lot of it's in there. So I think, and and here's what I look at scripturally speaking, scripturally speaking, he says, I think it was when he was, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He says to be born again, Mm. to be born again. And Mm. and even, Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the Pharisees might've been Nicodemus is like, 
well, that makes no sense. You want yeah. me to crawl back yeah. into my mother's womb? And, yeah. and Jesus is like, well, but he does. He compares it to a new birth in Christ, right? The waters of baptism through being cleansed from original sin, which we had nothing to do with. It's human nature, right? Yeah. You see a baby, they rip something from someone's hands. It's, it's human nature to, to be greedy or these things are fallen human nature. And so for me, yeah, I believe that this is something that I didn't manifest on my own, but that came and why I don't know. Mm. But what I focus on is not necessarily as much of the whys as in, I have a savior that wants to help me. I have a savior that is gentle and kind and tender and understands the innermost working of myself that I could never understand. Mm. Right. Mm. But, but there's a reality. I believe I have a creator. And I believe it is God who is father of heaven and earth and that loves me and wants to meet me. And through his son, I can come to know him and understand him and experience him. And so a lot of people have a lot of negative things towards God because they don't know his nature and mm. character, or they've made Jesus to be this hippie or Hitler. Mm, mm. And I'm like, he's neither. He's not like peace and love, bro. Y'all are going yeah. good. Just do whatever, you know? And he's not like, uh, you're done. You're yeah. burning. You know what I mean? And I, I, sorry, I mean, no disrespect, but you know, you see these like staunch differences and, and Jesus was neither of those. He was full compassion and full truth. And you don't separate those. The, if you try to separate truth from compassion, you've separated mm, Christ himself. Right. I mean, we hear a lot about, you know, grace and truth and right. There's a lot yeah. of talk about, or, you know, some, that, that's a, a process or a, a perspective that we we always desired have. So let me ask you a couple of questions. So I lived in Atlanta for a while and I know you're in that area. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, this is many years ago, I actually went to this, you probably know where I'm going here. I went to Andy Stanley's church for a year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And when we were there and again, and then he recently came into, and so I want to ask you this about the church because here's kind of my, my question. So you've got, you might have a person that has no faith in, in, in God at all, just full secular, full, whatever, right? Full atheist, yeah. I don't know, whatever you want. And so, mm -hmm. you know, is there, is there a delineation here, Kim, where it's kind of like, like, well, yeah, they're, they don't have their, their, their frame of reference is nothing to do with God, a God, Jesus yeah. creation. And then, and then we look at the church to try to tell us, cause you have, and I think there's some relevance here, you know, you went to, you know, pastors and priests to try to help you understand this. Yeah. And you kind of say they were just kind of affirming it. So then mm -hmm. Andy's come under fire recently. Um, yeah. and I think, personally, rightfully so, where it came across as he was affirming this, right? And now, yeah. now, so the language you're hearing now is gay affirming churches and this kind of yes. thing. And it's done, I think there's can be a root of it that's that's trying to be done with love and, and grace. Mm -hmm. And you talk mm -hmm. a lot about grace. That's and, our and hope, so, yeah. so, so this whole help us make sense of that um, from your perspective, maybe what the miss is of that and maybe, yeah. uh, you know, dividing it from non-believer and, and, and believer and just thoughts on that. Okay, so Jesus was people affirming. That doesn't mean he affirmed everything the person did, mm. right? So Jesus affirmed and celebrated people always. But this is where I think we're trying to now say that we celebrate everything a person does. And that, that's just, let's be honest, nobody would be okay with just celebrating everything yeah, sure. everybody does. But yet when it comes to certain struggles or topics or lifestyles, we, we go right to that. But I think we need to just take a few steps back, right? I can say that I love someone and I can genuinely love them, but that doesn't mean I have to love and celebrate everything they do or they say. 
And so I think that's where the church, where we're starting to get wrong is and, and get off path and make things blurry for the world, which is sad because really we're so caught up in sexuality that mm. we're missing God in the midst. Mm. I'm like, God doesn't just want everybody to just be straight. <laughs> and it, it don't mean that that could come off really right. wrong, I mean, but, they're not mean that he wants everybody not to be, but yeah. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying his focus is not, Oh my gosh, Kim needs to be, no, he's like, Oh my gosh, Kim, my precious beloved daughter, I want her to be mine. Mm. I want her to know how much I love her. So she stops running to everything and everyone mm. else. Mm whether that be same sex attraction or opposite sex, sex attraction, we are missing that Jesus came to earth so he could reveal the father to us. And so sometimes we're getting so caught up in these things because they're distracting us from who, when we focus ourselves on Jesus, he will bring truth. He will bring truth and it's going to align with his word. And so to me, as a church, we, we absolutely need to be people affirming but not affirming of everything they do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I think we're missing it. We're just throwing affirmation over the person which covers everything that, that they say and do. That, that's not Jesus. That's not. It, it's, it's just not. Why would Jesus affirm and celebrate any type of sin? Let's be clear, any type yeah, of yeah, sin. Sure when it's the very thing that he was nailed to the cross for. Mm. It said that he took sin upon himself, right? And he died a gruesome death voluntarily. They didn't take his life. He offered his life for you, for me, for the world, who will receive it. So when we now start celebrating sin, Mm. my goodness, does that grieve the heart of God because he died for it. He didn't celebrate it. Mm, mm. He celebrated the person that was wrapped up in sin, yeah, yeah. but he didn't celebrate the sin that ensnared them. And so we need to be careful to always ask Holy Spirit to guide us. Mm. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me. Give me your heart for the person in front of me. Give me your heart for the person in front of me and never let me celebrate what you don't celebrate in their life or in mine. Yeah. <laughs> this is not just a homosexuality yeah. thing. This is a, this is a sin thing. So, and, and if we're going to celebrate sin, then we're not celebrating Christ. Mm, mm. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Cause I think you could, and again, we're not, yes. I mean, you and you could, and you can celebrate good things and not be celebrating mm-hmm. Christ. I say this to people sometimes, you know, like with their health, they get so focused on their health. I'm like, listen, I hate to break the bad Neither news to you, but you're going to, you're going to die someday physically. Yeah. Right. So like, this is, this is not, yeah, you've, you made your, you've made your health an idol and you say, well, no, I'm just. Um, so, so anything that gets between us and God anything. can be that idol. Now, so let me ask you this as we kind of go into a couple of different areas here. So one is, like I mentioned, I have my two children and trying to, to understand how to navigate these times. And mm-hmm. I think you have a perspective. You share a little bit like when you, when you came out to your family, to your parents and how you were raised and you've, you've expressed some things that did really well, right? You've always mm-hmm. felt they, yeah. they loved you and, 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 and however, you know, could, yeah. all that stuff. And then also, but you do have some, some practical advice, I think for, for those of us that maybe don't struggle in that area mm-hmm. and how we can, how we can be good friends, be good, be good Christians, brothers be, and sisters, yeah, be brothers family, sisters, yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mom, with, dad, with people mm-hmm. that, that struggle with this particular area because it's it's gotten confusing. Yes. Not that it should have, but that it has just because we compartmentalized yeah. it as this is a more you know that this okay and it's culturally right now and all those kinds of times. Right. So can you give us some perspective on how we can relate to people that are struggling with this particular sin? Not saying this is a 
any more or less than a sin, but just yeah. this particular sin within the cu- cultural context that we're in. Yeah. So I think it's important, um, right? We're supposed to be Christians are Christ bearers, right? We're supposed to reflect the heart of Christ. And so in that, I, I love this. I don't know who coined it. You might know, but mm-hmm. they said Christianity should look like one beggar telling another beggar where they found food. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes what Christianity looks like is one self-righteous person telling one messed up person where they need to be fixed sometimes? and helped and changed. Sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just veer that there are <laughs> Christians that I have met, and I pray to God that I'm becoming one of them, that actually are, are getting what Christianity really is. And so here's my thing. Know your own brokenness. Not your past brokenness. Okay. Know that too, Mm -hmm. so that you can remember who saved you and it wasn't yourself. (laughs) We can change, but we can't transform ourselves. Somebody can change their image. They can change their eating habits and and they can change, but transformation is of a heart and we can't change our, we can't transform our own hearts. And so I think remembering our own brokenness, your past brokenness that the Lord is, has hopefully healed and strengthened you in, and then your presence. See, cause here's the reality, Dr. Ben, I needed Jesus October 17th, 2014. I needed him and I cried out. But here's the absolute reality. Whatever today is, it's the 20 something. Yeah. Is it 20? I don't, I don't know. know either. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't matter. I need him just as much today. Mm. And if I am not truly real with that in my heart, that I need a savior just as much mm. as I did mm. back then as I do right now and vice versa, then I'm not going to be able to walk with people in humility. Mm. See, pride will actually just breed more pride. Humility melts pride. Mm. Humility. It says when Jesus is described in the Bible, he's described as meek and humble of heart. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Whether somebody believes that or not, that's it. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is creator of heaven and earth alongside the Trinitarian, right? He's a Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three as one. One is, you know, we're not going to get into that. But he, and, and how is he described? Meek and humble of heart. See, what keep, in my opinion, what keeps us meek and humble is knowing our own weaknesses, knowing our own temptations, brokenness, and needing Jesus. Because now when I'm going to walk with someone, they're going to see that I need him too. I need him too. Here's how he's worked in my life. Here's how good he is. And here's what he's currently doing. And I know I'm going to need him in a year and 10 years and a decade from, you know, decades on from here. And so I think it's really the position of our heart and, and sometimes we're like, Oh no, I'm, I'm very humble. I'm just speaking the mm, truth. Mm, mm. Okay. But do, do you hear those words back to yourself too? And that doesn't mean now chalk it off and don't walk with anybody. No, yeah. we're not, we're going to be perfect. We all are always in need of a savior. And so in that, now you can carry this meek and humble heart of Jesus to the person in front of you. We need to remember scripture says to bear with one another, their burdens. It doesn't say fix one another's burdens. It says mm. to bear with one another, their burdens. Mm. Are we actually asking Holy spirit to help us to tenderize our heart Mm. that we can feel what they're feeling. We don't Mm. have to live out what they're living out, but can we listen more than we speak? Mm. Two ears, one mouth. Can we use those? And then as the Lord guides us, share from a place of humility and meekness how God's worked in our lives Mm. and, and let them, you know how many people reach out to me 
I mean, some from the LGBT community, some that are, are going into it, some that are, have been mm. struggling or in, in unions with the same sex, yeah. some that are believers, some yeah. that aren't. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you, and do you know what people are drawn to? The vulnerability of my own brokenness. Mm. They're drawn to another person. Mm. They're drawn to another person that's hurting like they are. Mm. Even if they didn't even know they were hurting, when they read this, my little story, they're like, mm. man, and, and he's really helping you. Yeah, he mm. really is. He really is. I'm telling you, it's a mm. heart thing. And so many people, we've got God. So we have let Satan tell us who God is. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're calling each other by our sins and not mm. by our name. Mm. And that is, that is the work of the, the deceiver, the deception that comes that, that, you know, we are our sin. No, we are, mm. we were bought and paid for mm. it, it. In scripture, it says that love covers a multitude of sins. Can you love someone to be so compassionate, so compassionate? They actually want to know what you have. Mm. They want to know what you have to say. There's a, there's another saying, and, and I didn't say it. I just repeated a lot, and I try to live by it. Is most people don't care what you know mm. till they know that you care. Yeah. And so in that, when we're trying to walk with people, are you seeing them as a person? Or are you seeing mm. them as a project? Mm. Mm. Just let me fix you. Let me let me get you a Jesus. He's going to fix you. How about let me let me show you the one who loves my soul so much that he shows up every time and he has never abandoned me. He's never left me. Mm. He is for me. He's not against me. I want to introduce you to this man. His name's Jesus. Mm. And then not just hit him over the head with the Bible, but mm. actually share relationally mm. how good he is and, and let them let it says that only the Holy Spirit can mm. convict. Mm. See, we're trying to convict people mm. of sin when we actually need Holy Spirit to convict people of sin. Mm. But many times we won't lay down what we have until mm. we're offered something better. Mm. Hey, give me, give me that, um, yeah. that soda. Well, what do you have for me? No, it's good. I want this. Well, let me, let me show you what I have here. Taste this. How many are we offering the goodness of God to people so that they can actually taste and see as the scripture says, can they can actually taste and see his goodness and say, my goodness, what I'm doing is actually not that good because it doesn't taste like this. It doesn't look like this. I haven't experienced this kind of freedom. And now I have. Man, 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 man. I think, um, you know, there's, uh, there's people that have a, 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 their testimony certainly is powerful, but then there's, I think there's times, Kim, where people have an anointing that the Lord just out of his grace gives people for a season or, or a time in their life to be able to just minister in a special way. And I think what you just shared is um, going to be helpful to a lot of us. This is going to be a, a little bit of a weird last question. Not a weird last question. It's just um, <laughs> one that I had. It ended up being the last question. It's only okay. right. So after something so good like that. But I think this can be encouraging for maybe somebody that's listening that's struggling, right? Mm. And maybe they've struggled secretly for decades. Maybe they've, who knows, right? You, you are a very open book. You, I think you've struggled in about every way you can struggle. It's weird yeah. looking back. You yeah. had, you got married, you were raised in the faith. You yeah, had yeah. girlfriends, you've done all this stuff, right? Um, and been set free. Um, do you still have struggles with Absolutely. same I mean. sex attraction? <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I know. Hey, the power, the powerful ending question? to the question. Well, well yeah. I, well, because no, I think people so say important. like, Oh, cause I think what could be the assumption is I, I had this amazing touch from the Lord and I really transformed me. And so now I just, you know, just I life just is amazing. No I yeah. run around and you no. know, and, and amen. I, I know many people 
who have have literally had encounters with Jesus and that has happened. Bam, yeah, like okay, yeah. there it is. And and they haven't all of a sudden they have a, a real desire for the opposite sex. You hear it with drug friends. use sometimes. I hear stories of yeah, breakthrough, right? Yeah, People just give it sure. up, lose taste for that sin. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, boom, like that, radically encountered Jesus and has never, never been tempted again with drugs. Yeah. So for me personally, so I know many people have come out of the lifestyle and we got to remember, it's not about just coming out of, it's coming into, this is all about coming into relationship, real, radical, surrendered relationship. Cause you know, God loves you and you just want to lay your life before him. Cause he loves mm-hmm. you so much. You want to give it back to him. Mm-hmm. And so I know many people who have actually gotten married to the opposite sex. They have children now. Um, what I think for some is people feel like, and this is a problem in the church yeah. and, and possibly society as well, is that they think that the opposite of homosexuality is heterosexuality. Mm. And most like scientists who do that, Kim, you're a fool. Like, of course it is. No, 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 no. When we're talking from a perspective of Christ, the opposite of any sin is going to be holiness, right? It's going to be actually walking with and trusting that God knows better than we do. And it's going to look like laying that down before him, laying our Mm. lives down before him. So the opposite. So for me, there's, there's people that may discredit my testimony, what Jesus has done in my life, because I'm not married to a man and have children now. Mm-mm. Right. But the reality is Dr. Ben, yes, there are times where I'm like, dang, I miss like, you know, holidays mm. come around and I'm like, I miss having a partner in life. Mm-mm. I miss having someone to know that's going to pick me up from the airport every mm-hmm. time, you know, and, and just knowing that you have someone to do life with. Cause the reality is God to Adam said, it's not good that man be alone. See, so for me, yeah, I still do here and there have struggles nowhere, nowhere near where my life was nowhere near. But there are times where I kind of look back and I'm like, gosh, I miss this. But you know what I do is I say, okay, God, you said it's not good that Kim be alone. So bring me community, bring me companionship in a healthy, holy way. And my goodness, does he answer that prayer every single time? Mm. My family has grown so big that it's probably larger than if I had a husband and children and amen to that. That's a beautiful calling. But see, I believe, I believe that real transformation, real transformation through encounter with Christ doesn't look like just never being tempted again. Mm. What it looks like is in the face of temptation, I'm able to say, you know what? This is tempting, but I've found a better lover. Jesus, Mm. help me Mm. be my strength. He didn't say, I mean, look at Paul. Three quarters of the New Testament came out of him, right? And he said, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And I I can't do the things that I want to do. And and, and he would say he would boast in his weakness for there God would be manifest strong. He didn't say I would boast Mm. in in doing all these things. No, Mm. he'd boast in the areas he's weak because there God can show up Mm. and show how strong he is. And so to me, the fact that yes, there's still days and, and moments where I struggle. It can be a testament that God is the one who overcomes it in me, not me in my own strength. Man. And so, and, and then, like I said, for many, they do get married, but one of the scariest things I think we could do is just think that God wants to take us out of sin to get us into marriage. Marriage is beautiful, but it's a mm. calling and there's a call to the single life as well. And, mm. and I know that well being raised Catholic, but Paul himself says it, yeah. It is a good thing for marriage. Marriage is a good thing, but there's a better calling and it's to be wholeheartedly sold out for Jesus and his kingdom here on earth. 
And so to me, it's a beautiful call. It's scary if you think mm-hmm. of it outside of Jesus, mm-hmm. for real, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't want to do it. And I wouldn't do it. See, I'm not with women anymore, Dr. Ben, not because I'm afraid of hell. Mm-hmm. But hell is very real, yeah. absolutely. And I believe we choose hell because we choose to not trust mm-hmm. in God and his ways. If I don't want to trust God here, why would I want to be with him for eternity mm-hmm. in heaven? So to me, if I'm not with... I'm not not dating women because I'm afraid of hell or because I might get in trouble. Mm. I'm not with women because I found a greater love. Mm. I have found the love my little heart has been searching for. It was actually created for. That's why I named the book Restless Heart. I don't know if you're familiar, but St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, O Lord. Amen. He tried everything too. And, and so this is what it is, whatever we're tempted with. And, and he does, Jesus shows up and helps. He helps me in my places of weakness, not just if the temptation towards women arises, you know, or comes in, but yeah. in when I feel prideful or arrogant, yeah. or I feel greedy or selfish, or I'm angry, you know, like, yeah. He wants to, he wants to help me in every way and he wants to help you in any way. And so to me, freedom doesn't just look like the absence of temptation. Mm. It looks like freedom in the midst of temptation to be able to choose Christ joyfully and trustingly. So, man, Kim, I'm so thankful. Um, you know, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but I'm thankful, uh, for myself just personally where, where it went. Um, I want, I, you are very generous with your, um, I mean, you, you do share a lot. So people that, that you, maybe you, you listen to this, this recording and, and it touched a heart or it made you ask some other questions. Uh, she's got a lot of videos out there. Her book of course is available. You've done other great deep interviews, you know, hours of inter- like some interviews are like two yeah. hours, right? I mean, you yeah. like, and they've asked every question you've wanted to ask and you take it from listeners. So like if, if this, you know, I asked just the ones that were interesting to me today that I'm journeying yeah. through and with my own family, but there's a lot here, especially in these contexts of these times. And so Kim, just thank you for, for, you know, being obedient to what God has called you to do in this season. Um, is there a best way to follow you? Do you have a website or anything or online? How do people track with you? Yeah. So I'm on social media, um, as well, but you, you nailed it. There's so much on it's overcome M I N short for ministries, overcome M I N.com. Um, I don't take any money, anything that comes in financially, uh, goes direct to my nonprofit in Ethiopia to help serve single moms and their kids. And so um, the website is great, like you said, because it has so many, so people have so many questions and I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. And so many things are, are answered through those videos. I know a lot of people are like, I just want to hear it from you. I'm like, mm. that's why it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't do this just for fun. So, yeah. you know, I pray people can be, you know, blessed by it and, and we can grow in the Lord together and, and, and people can always reach out as well. I, I do my best, but okay. I get a lot of inquiries. So, okay. Well, beautiful. And I think we all, we all learned something today. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. mostly about our own hearts, hopefully Amen. mostly about our struggle and our desperate need for a savior until mm-hmm. you know, uh, your need, he won't be that interesting. If you can pull, if yeah. you think you can pull your life off by yourself yeah. because you've got enough of X, Y, Z, or you think you've got it figured out, then, um, I assure you, um, 
as the old saying goes, we're either in a storm, you know, heading into a storm, in a storm, or, or out of a storm. But, but yeah. we, we don't, none of us get through this thing without those in our lives. But until we know we need a Savior and how desperately we need Him and how much we need Him daily, uh, it won't matter. And, um, and so I just thank you for, for your, you probably don't see it as this way, but just thank you for your bravery and courage, especially during mm-hmm. these times. Uh, Kim, we're so thankful for you. Bless you. And um, you. we'll stay in touch, my friend. Thank you. God. Amen. Thanks for listening to Design to Heal. Always remember that the greatest doctor lives inside of you and God gave you what you need to be healthy and well. Connect with Dr. Ben at drbenrall.com or achievewellness.clinic. And please share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it and follow us on Instagram at Design to Heal Podcast.